In this episode, here are the plans. Oh, you got a plan, do you? Well, I just want to let people know what we're planning, because typically we'll plan and then not get to all of it, because we get to laughing. So, Well, we left something out last time. We did. So here are our good intentions for today. <laughs> a Mormon Mad Lib. Uh-huh. We could do that first, because we didn't get to it last time. A letter. A reading from Fascinating Womanhood and Pirate God on the scene. Oh, Pirate God's reading from the Book of Mormon. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. the plan. Okay. Okay. It's the plan. I can get behind that. All right. Should we go for it? The cicadas like it. Can can I them? wonder if people can hear them I through the mics. It. Probably not. But just so you know, they're loud as shit. So, this- Dan, that extra hum is not an electrical problem. It's a cicada problem. <laughs> it's a cicada problem. <laughs> 17-year cicadas are upon us. Oh, my God. Good stuff. Seriously, they lay dormant for 17 years. Crawl their way out, like layers of dirt, Mm -hmm. and then they're like, huh, now all that for this? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll shed my skin. Is that all there is? (laughs) That's what the cicadas are singing. Is that the song? (laughs) That's the song. Let me listen. Yeah, that is what they're saying. Peggy Lee, every time. (laughs) All right, should we take a break? Yeah. Be right back. Hey, everybody, welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl figuring her shit out. I don't know what happened there. I think it was like Mary just died slowly in her heart. It's like a wind down. Uh huh. I'm Shelly. I'm Mary. Okay, there we mm-hmm. go. Is this getting old? Is it like, um, have we... Have we- Beat the ex Mormon dead girl. Have yeah, we? Whoa! Have we beat the ex Mormon <laughs> dead horse, gay girl, <laughs> horse uh-huh. that's dead? I don't know. Do you want to change it up? Isn't that our motto? Let's stay with it for a while. I don't know if I'm ready to give that up yet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quit you. <laughs> I need to wean slowly up that. Wow. Okay. No, we got. We still have too much good shit. Like today. Well, you know, it's still true about you. It's not that I don't pipe in from time to time. I'm not ex-Mormon, but that's true about you. It's true. You're still figuring out your shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little bit at a time. Speaking of figuring out shit, I realize that I, uh, so Mary and I have been together three and a half years, mm-hmm. and I do not know her phone number by heart. Seriously, it's irritating. Yeah. If um, you get dragged off to the pokey and you have one call to make. I will have to call myself. That's <laughs> the only number you've memorized. Uh, I have I have my parents' number memorized. I have Brent's number memorized only because he got the number 50 years ago before there was like speed dial. Great. You can just call him when you're on the pokey. That'd I'll be great. I'll call him and say, go knock on our door and ask for Mary and tell Mary to come get me out of the pokey. Um, anyway. Okay. I'm hating all this scenario. That's <laughs> Listen, being I'm laid not going me. to jail, A. <laughs> Memorize okay. my damn number. Right, well, so here's what I, I'm trying to do. So- Way, way, way back in the day, I had a phone number, and it spelled, you know how, like, the numbers have the different letters that go with it? The number was 801, because it was Utah, F-L-N-T-I-T-S, 801 Feelin' Tits. <laughs> Never forgot. Still, still haven't forgotten the number, Feelin' Tits. So I'm trying to make it Mary's— a prophetic word. <laughs> sure. I mean, this was, like, in, like, the early 90s. Um, so I'm trying to figure out a way to memorize Mary's number with letters. And I keep writing these letters out, and they just suck. There's not enough vowels. Okay. Well, we don't have to discuss what it might spell on the Well, no, I'm not. Podcast. I'm not giving your phone number out to the public. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a struggle. Yeah. Okay. Did I ever tell you how I learned about helping verbs in um, grade school, no. elementary school? No. Yeah, so helping verbs are uh, passive verbs. 
Here it goes. I'm just going to go for it. It was a little rhyme that we learned, and I never forgot it. It's has, have, had, is, are, was, and were. Has, have, had, is, are, was, and were. So if you could do a little cadency jingly thing, maybe you can remember it. Maybe you can change number to feeling tits. <laughs> <laughs> or or something like underboob. If it was oh you and— Oh, my God, underboob. No, that would you, be amazing. Your letters are wrong. <laughs> There's literally like like one vowel. Okay, number letters. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's letters that are really numbers. Hmm. No, 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 I mean vowels. No, I get you. Okay, yep. Yeah, because— it's a system where the numbers can also represent letters. Weird. <laughs> America! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Should we I, get on with this shit well, no, show? No. Because I want oh, okay. the public to know that you also mm-hmm. do not have my number memorized most of the time. You might have gotten it right twice in the last— I have it now. Really? I do. I promise you. Spell it to me with numbers over your head. No, we're not going through this. Seriously, we can do this later. Fine. We got an, a rapt audience here. But if the listeners don't want to hear the silence of you showing me numbers over All your the head, numbers and you correcting me—that sounds fascinating. Higher, higher, lower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're getting warmer. Uh, should we read a letter? I thought we were doing a Mad Lib first because we should left we do that. a Mad Lib? There we go. Are you ready to bring out your creativity? Oh, right. I have you to have guess. You have to pick the things. Has, have, had, is, are, was, and were. That's all of them. All the verbs. Okay, well, <laughs> here's the sound of me turning the page. I'll come up with something better than that, hopefully. Oh, I think there's kind of a little intro. Is there? How does it go? It's been a while. Uh, it's pre-recorded. I'll slug it in here. Cue intro. And now, that moment we've all been waiting for. Mormon. All right. For those of you who are new, you should know this because you would have started the podcast on episode one. But in case you forgot, a Mad Lib is where you take a writing of something. and a then writing. A writing. Let me push my glasses up. <laughs> Speaking of, my eyes are blurry. Okay. Take a writing of something and you pick different nouns and verbs and shit that's in it and you erase them. And then you have someone else who cannot see what you're doing mm-hmm. pick the replacement words. You know, Google it. Seriously. I'm just... <laughs> You're trying just to help the folks out time, home. baby. All right. First word. Adjective. Adjective, huh? Uh, how about snarky? Okay. Snarky it is. Let me scribble this down. Okay. Next. I need an article of clothing. Jockstrap. Well, that's a given. Is it? I don't have one. All right. We need another adjective and then a verb. For the adjective, I'm going to say raunchy. Are you talking about me? <laughs> Maybe. Does the adjective fit? <laughs> then wear it. All right. What's your verb? Let me write down raunchy. Hold on. Uh, drool. Are you talking about Eddie? <laughs> Always. Hmm. All right, oh, that, no, that fits you too. <laughs> Next is a body part. Well, we talk about foreskins a lot. So <laughs> foreskin. 200 of them? Or just, it's, just I think the it's one? Like, 2,000, wasn't it? No, the, 2, the king wanted 100. Oh, I thought he wanted 1,000. What's his name was such a badass, he went ahead and got 200. Oh, okay. I got I, the numbers mixed up. Regardless, foreskin is the word. <laughs> Next is noun. How about noodle? <laughs> Done. Yeah? Noodle Done? it is. Noodle it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're on to some other part, but this is just going to be a re- repeating. Oh, no, I need another body part. Here we go. Another Different body one. part. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, eyelid. 
Jesus. Okay. And noun. Noun, huh? It's the last one. Last one? Yeah. Make it good. Pressure! <laughs> I'm going to say toothpick. <laughs> oh, my God. Does that work? <laughs> it works a little too well, but yeah, oh, we'll go interesting. with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right, that's it. I need to fill in a couple more blanks of repeat words. All right. And then we're going to do this. Okay. Well, um, let's cue some elevator music. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> are we re- ready to uh, reveal the Mad Lib? We are. Here's my question. Would you want me to, it's a song, sing this song with your verbiage first and then tell the real words or vice versa? Yeah, sing it with a Mad Lib. Okay. Duh. Are you new? <laughs> oh, <laughs> You ready for this? I'm ready. <clears throat> Are you cueing actual instrumental music while you do this? Oh, I will. But first, I'm going to tell you the title. The oh, title, okay. the new title that you've created is Put Your Foreskin to the Noodle. Is this like Put Your Shoulder to the Wheel? Uh-huh. <laughs> Push along. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. All right. So I'm going to I'm gonna cue up some music here. Um, it will not be in a key that I'm comfortable with. Yeah, that key sucked. You played a little of the instrumental track a second ago. I don't know how to change it. And it's not going to sound good regardless. Q. Oh, by the way, there's an intro. It's okay. long. Q music. No, uh, we already cued an intro. What do you? Why are you cueing everything? I thought you wanted me to You're cue when the song everything. starts. I want you to hit play. Hit it. <laughs> this is just the intro. Everyone get excited. Sounds riveting. <laughs> Everyone, be ready. Sing along at home. Or don't. There's no way I'm going to get the correct note. This is not okay. Mm. The world has need of snarky men who wear the workers' jockstrap. <laughs> Come help the raunchy work drool along. Put your foreskin to the noodle. God. Put your foreskin to the noodle, drool along. <laughs> oh, God. Do your duty with an eyelid full of toothpicks. We all have work. Let no one shirk. Put your foreskin to the noodle. <laughs> drool? Okay, there's something really <laughs> not right about that. <laughs> oh, I gotta turn my music off. <laughs> Whew. Those Mormon Mad Libs are always a treat. (laughs) (laughs) This show always has sort of a vague sexual undertone. I mean, basically life does. (laughs) So the original lyric was, the world has a need of willing, as opposed to snarky men, who Mm. wear the workers seal. Don't know what that is, but it's now a (laughs) jockstrap. Come help the good work, not the raunchy work, move along, put your shoulder to the wheel. Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of forced into the noodle, I should have said athletic supporter. That's a lot of words to fit into <laughs> one syllable. <laughs> um, yeah, put your shoulder to the wheel, blah, blah, blah. Do your duty. You said duty. Do your duty. You need with, a mad lib for that. <laughs> do your duty with a heart full of song, okay. not eyelid full of toothpicks. But that's much better. <laughs> I like poking my eyelid with a toothpick. <laughs> this song makes me want to poke my own eyeballs out, so <laughs> that works. Uh-huh. <laughs> then we all have work, let no one shirk. That's actually the lyric, and I needed to leave it there because shirk is the stupidest word <laughs> in a song. Put your foreskin to the noodle. Okay. <laughs> so, 
So, <laughs> uh, take that as you will. Enjoy. Uh huh. You're welcome. Leave that right there. <laughs> right on. All right, that was fun. Was it? Sure. <laughs> I haven't done that again. in a while. That Mormon Mad Lib. We're on to a letter. <laughs> oh, are we? Should we do our intro for that? Just follow my lead. Following. It's time once again for an LDL letter. Very good. Thank you. She cut off exactly when cued. Mm-hmm. Shelly follows instructions. Uh, most, most of the time. Mostly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this one just came in, and it just cracked me up, and I, so I have to read it. Do it. Uh, this is from Michelle P. from Houston, Texas. Shout out to Houston! Houston! Okay. Michelle writes, I am having a hard time with this. Dot, dot, dot. Uh-oh. She's having a hard time with something. Michelle's her name? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're here for you, Michelle. Mm-hmm. She says, I recently found your podcast, and because I'm a rule follower, I have to listen in order. Damn right. <laughs> Michelle's my favorite. I'm only on episode 51, so give me time to catch up. Catch the fuck up, Michelle. Let's catch go. Catch up. Come on. Last episode, you were talking about the movie Godly Sorrow, which piqued my interest, and so I went to YouTube to find it, but found your reaction video. <laughs> so I clicked on it. <laughs> She says, W-T-A-F. What the actual fuck? Uh All this time. How did I miss that? Shelly is actually married? (laughs) Shit, that was the big revelation. It was. It was. (laughs) When I hear you both speak, I assigned you a face and I got it wrong. Not sure why this is throwing me, but I think it's because I feel I've gotten to know you both over these past 50 plus episodes. Well, you got to know us wrong. Right? No, wrong. (laughs) What she said. (laughs) And now I feel like I don't know you at all. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Should we flash our tits? (laughs) Well, we'll make this better, Michelle. You tell us. Shelly's tits are the ones that look like they've been nursed on by seven children. Oh, God. And Mary's tits are the ones that are perky and fresh and beautiful. Okay, carry on. Oh, and and Mary wears glasses and has the dark hair. (laughs) In case the tits don't give it away. I have the underboob. Yes. Do you not have underboob? I have underboob. You just okay. have to kind of lift to get to them. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is always there. I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, my poor boobies. Oh. Michelle says, I had to rewatch y'all talking several times so I could try and reassign your faces. I'm in the middle of episode 51, and I'm still thrown. Oh, God, Michelle, I'm so sorry. <laughs> why, why do people switch us? Does your voice sound like you wear glasses? Does this voice sound like an ex-Mormon? Your face. <laughs> Looks more ex-Mormon? Because you're a little calmer in the face. <laughs> I have a calm face. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. I mean, I, <laughs> You have a chaotic face, and I have a calm face. Truly, truly. <laughs> I don't I know think what that you, means. <laughs> I don't know either. It just came out of my mouth. I think that if you put a, a side-by-side picture of us and just showed the public, pick the ex-Mormon, pick the never-Mormon, you would be the ex-Mormon. But I have that voice that sounds like I should be on NPR. Well, so do I. I don't, I don't know. know. She goes on to talk about our voices later. So let's just okay, get sorry, to it. Let's sorry. get to it. Go okay. ahead. Michelle says, I'm sure I will get over it, but right now I have to try and deprogram my brain and <laughs> put the stories with the right face. <laughs> we brainwashed Michelle. <laughs> we brainwashed her. All my silliness aside, I have felt compelled to write at some point, but after I catch up on all the episodes. Okay, some more to come. So much of what you say and have talked about has left an impression. Michelle says, full disclosure, I'm not a lesbian or former LDS, 
but I do have a fucked up relationship with my unhappy and judgmental mother. Very toxic at times, she says. There you go. And I was in a cult as a child. No shit. Yeah, religious cult where you wear robes and shit, eat from trash cans. The fuck? No worldly possessions. And if you're a woman, you can't look men in the eyes. She says it took years. Did she say the name of it? To get over that one. No. This trash can cult? Okay. She didn't say. Wow. (laughs) Michelle says, I feel I'm pretty well adjusted, I think, for all the shit I went through as a result of my mother and her decisions. But after listening to y'all over the past couple of months, I've realized that I still harbor a lot of resentment towards her and that I might still have some shit to work out. We yeah. really, we really um, stir the pot with people, don't we? We I think stir it up. Stir, yeah. stir it up so you can sift it. And deal with it. Deal with it. I know it's not easy. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> it's not easy. Mm-mm. She says, I've stayed away from the drama and toxicity as much as I can, but I know that my childhood experiences have contributed to some of the shit I do, like cutting people out of my life who disappoint me. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. Mm-hmm. I have very few close friends, but hold those friendships very dear to me. I'm very trusting and will try to let people in my inner circle, which just means I allow myself to open up to them and see them as a friend, which again, I don't have a lot of. At the first sign that they do not value me as a friend as much as I value them, I tend to cut them out to avoid disappointment. The same disappointment that I have felt over and over and over from my mother. I now know it's a defense mechanism, but it's baffling that it took me 51 years on this earth and 51 episodes of LDL to figure it out. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's challenging. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that stuff we learn as kids, whoo, that just stays with us, doesn't it? It does. You don't even realize it. Yeah. Well, and hopefully you do at some point. That's what I mean. I think as you're learning it, you don't realize it. It's just your norm. Right. And it yeah. takes really analyzing who you are and why you do what you do to be like, oh, fuck, that's why. This is what I'm doing. And this is why I'm doing it. Uh-huh. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. I get the judgy mother. I get it. You do have a judgy mom. I do. Yep. Battling that as an adult. That's fun. Mm-hmm. That's fun to like battle my own judgment as a result of mirroring my mother's behavior. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Okay. Back to the letter. Michelle says, a few episodes ago, y'all were talking about boundaries and feeling guilty about setting them with family. Guilt, check. Over a year ago, I found the text where my mother told my then 11-year-old son that she didn't agree with me making him work for the money to pay for a pair of $130 shoes that he wanted. So grandma's stepping in, telling the son, well, I don't agree with your mother's decision to make you work for the shoes. Jesus. Fuck you, lady. Let me figure it out. Yeah. Right? Oof. If I want to teach my kid the value of a dollar, that's up to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm getting riled up. I see it. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she says, I mentioned that he was an 11-year-old boy, right? Sure, I could buy them for him if I was an idiot, she says, (laughs) and have him trash them in a month. Or, heaven forbid, I make him work for them and possibly appreciate and take care of them. Side note, he worked for the money, and they lasted until he outgrew them. That's awesome. She says, suck on that, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Suck on it, Mom. Suck it. Uh, She also went on to tell him that I have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on myself. And can you say hypocrite? So the mom said that to the kid, to her grandkid. Oh, my gosh. What the fuck? 
Michelle says, A, I'm 51 and have been working since I was 16. So yes, of the thousands of thousands of dollars I have earned, I have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on myself and my kids and my husband and my family. B, doesn't that make me the opposite of a hypocrite? If I work for the money (laughs) I spend, (laughs) still don't get all that. Yeah, moms are puzzling. Yeah. Good Lord. Anyway, my blood boils when I think about how she completely crossed the line and had no business saying that to my son. She can have any opinion of me or my decisions that she wants, but that is absolutely none of her business. What upsets me more than that is that I have yet to confront her, and although I feel like I'm a strong woman who is firm in her convictions, I feel very weak when it comes to talking to her about anything she has done or said. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay, so this is a boundary thing. Yeah. Setting a boundary with someone who you already have a tumultuous relationship with, who has judged you your entire life, Mm -hmm. who probably will roll her eyes when you try to confront her. I get this. I've done this yeah. with my mother a million times. Yeah. And the first time I ever tried to confront my mother about some behavior that she did towards me that hurt my feelings or whatever, made me feel belittled or whatever it was, I tried to talk to her about it. And she said, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm a terrible mother. Like dismissed <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Since then, we've been able to have more conversations. It has taken years. Oh, yeah. And sometimes when my mother is telling me something really rude, I walk away. Like, even if I've driven four hours to get there, I will get in my car and leave mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Not easy. And it's a lifelong struggle. Yeah. Because that person, chances are they're not going to change. Yeah. I mean, they can, but you can't— Can't rely on it. Yeah, you can't rely on You can't wait it out and be like, okay, well, I'll Mm-mm. just keep dealing with this because she will eventually change. Like, no. Why are you the punching bag while she does or doesn't sort out her rudeness? Yeah. You know? Michelle, your mom doesn't get to parent your child. Yeah, it's fucked up. It is fucked up. And um, we wish you the best with dealing with that, with confronting Mm -hmm. her, because that is not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. I feel your pain. Mm -hmm. Let us know how it goes. I would love to hear how that situation turned out. Uh, Let's get back to this letter. It's almost over. Oh, okay. So Michelle says she converts to crying, indignation, denial, or flat-out avoidance when confronted. There Uh. you go. Hence, I have only tried a few times in my lifetime. I don't want her to die before I come to terms with it all. Not sure she will ever be able to give me answers, resolution, closure, or whatever it is I need from her. But all this time, I don't even know where to begin. Mm. Yeah. It's tough. That's gaslighting. You know, you're trying to have a conversation with somebody about their behavior, and they um, avoid it. You know, Turn it on you. You're you're making too big a deal of it. It really wasn't said like that. He didn't even hear me Mm -hmm. or whatever. Whatever she's going to say to dismiss what she did, which was— overstep mm-hmm. when it came to parenting your child. Ooh, that gets me all riled up. Yeah. That is shitty. Okay. Michelle says, so much for waiting until I have gotten caught up with the shows before I wrote you, and mm-hmm. I feel like I may have rambled on about something that isn't totally in line with your platform. Hmm, not necessarily no, at all. No, it, it is actually in <laughs> I line. I know, we talk and, about mothers all the time. Yeah, and by the way, if someone wants to write in and ramble about something that's nothing to do with anything we've ever said, do it. I don't yeah. care. Go for it. We'll start a new topic. There you go. <laughs> But once I started, I couldn't find a natural endpoint. It's okay. It happens. That's right. We're here for you. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it is a little easier to tell a stranger that you are weak in some areas. We're only strangers now because you got our names backward uh, <laughs> with the wrong hair color. I love, though, that people, like, we are far enough removed from people. Mm-hmm. 
like they know us through the podcast, but they don't know us personally as much. So they feel comfortable in writing their shit. So yeah. yes, keep I writing your it. shit. I keep love it. Keep writing your shit. Write it out. Uh, last thing. Michelle says, I guess my final point will be we all have shit baggage to deal with and all families have some sucky ass people in them. Amen to that. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, <laughs> amen. Love you, ladies, and really appreciate the podcast, Michelle P. Oh, Michelle P. Thank you so much for writing. Yeah, good letter. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good letter. Mm-hmm. I thought this was the one where maybe it was a different one. I uh, Somebody was talking about our voices. She did talk about our voices. Right, but somebody thought your voice was hot. Remember that? Didn't we read a letter recently where someone said your voice is hot? Was it a message? And mine is soothing. Remember that? I remember reading it, but I don't think (laughs) I read it loud. Was it in a message? I thought it was this letter. Um, I think it was another letter. We'll find it because my (laughs) voice is hot. Your voice is hot and mine is soothing. Yeah, yours is like and I have a soothing face to go with it. (laughs) Yours is NPR and mine's porn. You're the raunchy one. Uh-huh. Are you recording this? Yeah. We're being Leave recorded. It in, Dan. <laughs> We're being recorded as we speak. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we take a break? Yeah, let's do it. I would like to uh, give a shout out to our coffee sponsor. We haven't done that in a couple oh, weeks. Oh, shit. Shout them out. Let's go. Yeah, Mahogany Queen Coffee Co. With that LDL After Dark blend. Mm. After Dark. It's a rich, dark roast with notes of chocolate, molasses, and other yumminess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Rum? Can we throw that in there? If you put rum in it. <laughs> hell yeah, you can. If you put rum in it, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to procure a bag for yourself, what about that word or whatever? $10 word? What's the expression I'm going for? Just a, It's a word. S-A-T? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Go to latterdaylesbian.org slash coffee. Check it out. Mm-hmm. It's right. delicious, by the way. It is. Mm-hmm. We will be right back. We're back, Mary. Yeah. I'm feeling a little bit fascinating. Oh, are we going to read from that amazing book? Fascinating Womanhood. Fascinating Womanhood. Those of you who have not followed directions and are just tuning in for the first time today to this episode, there was a book written back in the 60s, I want to say. And for some reason, it keeps being reprinted. And I don't know why, because it's horrible. Um, But I found a copy of this book in my mother's belongings quite a while ago, and (laughs) it was like this knock over my head going, oh, my God, this explains my parents' marriage. explains so much. This explains so much. Yeah, and, you know, when you look it up on Amazon, you can still buy it. Yeah, that's what I did. It is a bestseller, at least was at one time. (laughs) Like, who the fuck? They brag about all the copies sold, millions of copies sold or whatever it is. It's like, who the hell's reading this thing? Well, I think— Back in the day, from what I've been told, this was a very popular uh, wedding gift, bridal shower gift oh, to the woman. Oh, no. awful. Th- which, again, explains so much. Is this person Mormon who wrote it or I probably not? I don't think so, but they just suck ass. <laughs> so I just started flipping through the pages today because I'm like, let's read from this book again. And it's very, very easy to find something to read in mm-hmm. here. There, it's all so offensive and horrible. <laughs> We're learning about how to awaken your dependent Feminine nature. Dependent on the nature. (laughs) You want to wake that up? Why would I want that? Okay. Clearly we need to awaken it. This is all about how to be good to your man. Oh, well, let let me tell you the entire title of the book, by the way. Fascinating Womanhood. How the Ideal Woman Awakens a Man's Deepest Love and Tenderness. Oh, my goodness. So this is about pleasing your man. Mm-hmm. And apparently in this chapter, we're going to please him by awakening our dependent feminine nature. She likes that word awaken mm-hmm. a it's lot. true. You know, you're right. 
Okay. Are we asleep otherwise? I, I guess. Wake up, ladies! <laughs> she starts. Some of the following points may appear as a repeat of subjects covered earlier. Earlier chapters, however, focused on the man and his need to function, feel needed, and excel you in the masculine things. Now the emphasis is you and what you must do to develop your femininity. Okay. We're talking about me now. The women, women's turn. Like, what, what do we do? I've always wanted to be more feminine. Not yeah. really. Well, I'm going to tell you how. Number one, <laughs> acquire a feminine attitude. <laughs> Dispense- do you pick that up at Walmart? Uh, yeah, it's over by the tampons. Uh, okay. Dispense with any air of masculine strength, ability, competence, or fearlessness, <laughs> and acquire an attitude of frail dependency. <laughs> this is my mother! It is. Fucking A. And that's why the, they're in the shit show that they are in, oh in the retirement home. That's crazy. The assisted, whatever it is. Okay. Let him know that his help is needed and appreciated, and that you could not get along in this world without him. <laughs> That's why your dad freaks out when he can't, like, talk to your yeah. mother every day yeah. and see her every day. That's why they're because both fucking he believes that. Point. He yes. believes she can't cope without him. Right. He has learned to believe that. Yep. Meanwhile, she's like, who are you again? Are you my son? I know. She's Get lost her mind here. now. She doesn't even ask about him. She's like, I want to go on the bus again. And my dad's, like, in a total anxiety me. panic trying to get to her. I'm like, Dad. She's, she's, a, she's over you, dude. She's over you. She wants to go get on the bus and ride up to the Hebrew Creeper again with all the other people in memory care. Okay. The who? Creeper? What? Hebrew Creeper. What's people that? in Utah, you know what the Hebrew Creeper is. It's like a train up in Hebrew, and it creeps, <laughs> and you ride it. They take old people okay. on it. All right, all right. All right. Moving on. Be adaptable to his life and his circumstances. Get rid of an attitude of bossiness, control, or command, and acquire a spirit of sweet submission. Oh, my God. (laughs) I might throw up 76 times while reading this. Maybe 77. (laughs) Number two. That was the first one. She has lots of uh, ideas here. Number two. Eliminate the masculine work. You can never be a truly feminine woman unless you eliminate the masculine work. To do this, first decide what work you want to eliminate. Do you want to quit your job? Do you want to be relieved of paying the bills, keeping the books, or have (laughs) him take over the yard work, painting, fixing, repairing, and other fix-it jobs around the house? Once you decide what masculine work you want to eliminate, (laughs) explain your intentions to your husband. Ask him to take over the masculine jobs. Discuss each one with him so he will clearly understand. Tell him you need him to do these things so you can devote yourself to your feminine role in the home. Oh, my God. Also, tell him you feel (laughs) unfeminine doing them and would like to be relieved so you can become a truly feminine woman. (laughs) Hey, Brent, taking the trash out when you forget makes me feel like a man and I don't want to do it. (laughs) What the fuck is that? (laughs) Can you imagine in a relationship, like, it makes me feel unfeminine if I gas up my own car. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm dumb and I can't do it and it's it smells like gas and it might hurt my nails. <laughs> so, um, Brent, I need you to take over all the gassing up of the cars because I need to go sew some shit. Uh, <sighs> it's masculine and feminine role playing. It's, it's so irritating. You know, I 
I noticed it somewhat off and on, but reading this book and how, like, strictly the lines are drawn, it's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. This is so damaging. hmm So damaging to men and women, honestly. Yeah. Because what if you have a husband who actually enjoys the cooking? hmm Look at all the famous chefs in the world. They are mostly men. So it's not a woman thing to cook. No, but ironing. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) God. And look at all the designers, the clothing designers. Oh, true. There are plenty of men who (laughs) love designing clothing and actually sewing, right? That's true. So They probably get paid more than their female counterparts. Well, of course, (laughs) duh. We are still in the patriarchy. Of course, of course. My point is it's harmful for both because if a man's interest happens to be something that is feminine, Mm -hmm. then they're not supposed to do it. It's like, no. Go take out the trash and go gas up my car. I will suffer in here and make shitty macaroni and cheese, even though I know you would love to come in here and prepare a wonderful meal. I'm going to do it because I'm feminine. What? I don't understand how we got into this position of male roles and female roles. Patriarchy. Who cares who mows the lawn? I don't understand. I kick ass at lawn mowing. I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) I used to mow the lawn when I was married. We had a decent front yard in Utah. I used to mow it like back and forth in a crisscross pattern so it looked like checkerboard. Wow, you're fancy. I know. Neighbors would be like, love your lawn. Damn right you do. (laughs) Anyway. Huh. That wasn't very feminine of you. It wasn't very Mm. feminine of me. Okay. Moving on. So now we are, we've said we need to clearly define to him what it is that you do and don't want to do as far as masculine and feminine. Because mm-hmm. men are stupid and you have to clearly explain it to him. This is the thing about this book, too. It also makes it sound like men are just stupid. Well, it sounds like the woman is sort of training the man or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. It's a weird book. It's a weird as fuck book. It's horrible. Okay, so you're telling him what masculine duties you want to be relieved of. Mm-hmm. If he accepts... Let go completely. Don't worry about the outcome. If he fails to follow through on a job, don't complain or pressure him to get things done. The concern is his now. Wait, wait, wait. So if I'm like, dude, I'm going to need you to gas up my car, and he just does never gas up the car, don't say anything. Like, <laughs> Just run out of gas? Yeah. Yeah, just walk everywhere. Okay. Like, don't ever tell the man that he needs to try a little harder in his masculine role. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. so it just goes undone. So what's the solution? If you're not allowed to do it. Well, here's the solution. Okay. If he fails, blah, 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 don't pressure him. The concern is his now. He may never take hold until you let go. If his negligence provokes you, try to understand his world. What may seem important to you may seem insignificant to him compared to the demands of his work away from home. If you hammer a point on small home repairs, you display a narrow, self-centered, unsympathetic attitude. (laughs) Let him do or not do whatever the fuck he wants Mm -hmm. and doesn't want. It doesn't matter if it bothers you. You just shut up and smile. So just have things fall to disrepair, Mm -hmm. potentially, and garbage will pile up if he's not pulling his weight. And the the weeds will grow really high. Just don't worry about it. No, no, it's on him. But you shouldn't do it. No, because that would be masculine. That's so stupid. Hmm. If he refuses to accept the masculine work in the home, don't make an issue of it. Do what must be done yourself and let the rest go. Continue to live fascinating womanhood and his attitude will change. Wait a minute. What? It says do what you can yourself and let the rest go. So that means if he's not taking out the trash, you certainly don't want trash piling up in your house. Mm -hmm. So do what you can yourself, meaning take the trash out. Do his job for him. Well, but it just said before that, don't do that because it's masculine. Which is it? It's like 
take the trash out before the buzzards come, I guess. But don't question your man about why he hasn't done it or can he please Right, you but say, two pages ahead it said don't I, I, do not do these masculine roles. Do you think roles. this woman has a brain? No. <laughs> oh, here, here, number three. Should we move on? Mm-hmm. If stuck with a masculine job. Okay. As you try to unload the masculine work, there will be times you'll be stuck with a masculine job. If so, do it in a feminine manner. Like, what the fuck? Do I skip down to the, to the curb with the trash? Like, what the fuck does that mean? I like it. Oh, God. That's hysterical. Okay. Wait. You... <laughs> like, sachet. Well, it's getting better. It's getting better. Uh, yeah, sachet. <laughs> down to the curb with your trash. I'm going to put my trash right here. here. Blink. Blink. <laughs> and then twirl and spin. <laughs> twirl. Uh, you need not perform masculine tasks with manly efficiency. (laughs) (laughs) If you must fix the furnace, repair the (laughs) leaking roof, or handle the finances, do so in a feminine manner. Your husband will soon realize you need masculine assistance. Oh, my God. (laughs) If you can work as well as he can, he'll never come to your rescue, and you may be stuck with the job permanently. So and all the ironing and yeah, the cleaning yeah. and laundry. So if your man won't fucking do his tasks, mm-hmm. do it femininely. Do it for him, but do it in a way where he realizes that you suck at it and then okay, <laughs> fine, I'll do it. So again, continuing the lie that women can't do shit, mm-hmm. that we suck and we can't do anything for ourselves and we need a man. Right. <sighs> Should we go on to number four? Must we? <laughs> uh-huh, because it's called be submissive. Oh, it's one my, of my favorite. Favorites. Yeah. <laughs> the word submissive means to yield to a higher authority or to leave matters to the discretion or judgment of others. The opposite is to be stubborn, unyielding, rebellious, or disobedient. To develop your feminine nature, yield to your husband's rule with a sweet spirit of submission. Mm. This is one of the most charming qualities in fascinating womanhood, measuring greatly in the success of marriage. So submission means successful marriage. Well, right, because you don't want two people butting heads all the time, right? No, of course not. Obviously, the woman is going to give in. Well, yeah, because it says right here, when in discussions with your husband or any man, or Mm -hmm. any man. Oh, any man. Any man. Avoid unyielding opinions that lead to heated arguments, as this is unfeminine and offensive to men. Like, no, don't stick to your guns. Don't yeah, do don't that. have an opinion. No, 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 no. Nope. A man wants a woman to express her viewpoint and defend it to a degree. Okay. But is offended when she takes such a firm stand on an issue that he cannot convince her with even the soundest logic. <laughs> Fucking seriously. So lose every argument. Of course. Yeah. Okay. This is stubbornness. The opposite of submissiveness. It's better to surrender your point of view to a man than win an argument. It's more feminine. It's more feminine. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, number five, don't subdue fearfulness. Don't subdue your natural tendency to be afraid of things. In the face of danger, you need his masculine protection, or at least appear to need it. Okay. That's Spider. what I'm imagining. Where, is that your feminine voice? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so like all the old shows, the black and white ones that I can't fucking stand where like there's a mouse, right? Or a spider. Lucy, and, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> right? That one? No, older. Like, older than I Love Lucy? Well, no, where it's like- Ozzy um, and Harriet or Leave it to Beaver. 
Is that what you're talking about? Like, yeah, like, yes. The 50s housewife with yes. the pearls and the apron. Yes, so there's like a mouse runs through the house, uh-huh. and the woman screams and jumps up on a chair, like, oh, and the man uh-huh. comes, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's what they want you to do. I'm not afraid of a fucking mouse. Yeah. I'm not going to kill it, because I like them. I'll throw them outside. Anyway, want another one? Sure. Don't subdue tender emotions. As has been explained, don't subdue your tender emotions for the innocent and the suffering. Don't try to hold back your tears. Let yourself go. Such tender sympathy is attractive in a woman. So basically, be afraid of everything. Be tender and caring, which mm-hmm. I, you know, I like the tender and caring, but it's saying be this for your man because that's what he would want. Even if it's not natural to you? Mm-hmm. Just pretend to be more empathic maybe yeah, than you are? Of course. Okay. Ooh, ooh, here's a good one. Don't try to excel him. What does that mean? This is like old speak. It means like be better than him at shit. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. To preserve your femininity, don't compete with men in anything which requires masculine ability. For example, don't try to outdo them in sports, lifting weights, running, or repairing equipment. (laughs) (laughs) Don't compete with men for advancement on a job, higher pay, or greater honors. Oh, my God. Don't compete with them for scholastic honors in men's subjects. Men's subjects. Uh-huh. What it, are the man subjects? Oh, math and well, science. We're going to go over this. Okay. <laughs> it may be all right to win over a man in English or social studies, but you're in trouble <laughs> if you compete with a man in math, chemistry, or science. Don't appear to know more than a man does in world events, the space program, science, or industry. Mm. Don't. Try to excel men in anything which has to do with masculine fields or endeavors. You know, when I was a kid, I, in my brain, thought that certain numbers were masculine and certain numbers were feminine. Interesting. So, for instance, number one is obviously masculine. It looks like a dick. Right. Number eight is obviously feminine. Boobs. Curvy lady, right? Boobs. Three, similarly feminine. Okay. <laughs> Under boob if you turn it sideways. Okay, got it. But I outgrew that. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because that's a little weird. I don't know why I thought that, but I outgrew it Thank in you. pretty short order. This woman didn't. No. <laughs> she kept that idea. She kept it and tried teaching it. <laughs> she made a book out of it. She a did. A bestseller. Good God. Wow. Again, explains so much about my parents' relationship. So much about their shitty relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. My opinion. But wow. most people's opinions. Anyway, there's a lot more, but I think um I think we should take yeah. a take a Yeah, rest I'm gonna save more of that chapter for another womanhood. day. It yeah. just gets better and better. The more I learn how to actually behave, you know, the happier I am. You know, I've yet to see you put any of that into practice, little lady. Well, because you're not a man. <laughs> <laughs> I do take out the trash. So it's do true. you. I do. So do and, but when I take it out, I do pirouettes and do I you? twirl. You saunter. I do. And then I sing mm-hmm. uh, I sing uh, like musicals from On the Way Back, <laughs> like The Hills Are Alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or I'm just a girl who can't say no. You know what that's from? No. Oklahoma. Oh. Oh, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. In the plains. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we digress. I think we should take one final commercial break, and then when we come back, Pirate God is going to read from that damn book of Mormon. I love when Pirate God shows up. Yeah, This is in replacement of patrons um, and channels members. Okay. Because no one signed up last week. Let's go. Oh, okay. Actually, we're recording this episode like a day after we recorded the previous one. (laughs) We didn't give people a chance. Yeah. We we had 12 hours of no new patrons, so what the fuck? 
Yeah, we're recording ahead so we can avoid recording at the River House, which sounds like utter bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's bad. Echo, echo. Yeah, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, be right back. Alrighty. All right, we are back mm-hmm. with another riveting edition of Shiver Me Scriptures. <laughs> I forgot that was coming. Yep, that's the title of that thing. <laughs> Yeah, somebody recommended that on our discussion page on Facebook. Oh, smart I need to people. look back and see who that was. You know what? If you're listening and that was you, send me a little note if you don't yeah. mind. Uh, just head to latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. Bring it. Okay. All right. This is from First Nephi 8, verse 11. Okay. This will be one that all the Mormons and ex-Mormons have read numerous times. Okay, here we go. And it came to pass that I did go forth and partake of the fruit thereof. And I beheld that it was most sweet, above all that I'd ever before tasted. Yea, and I beheld that the fruit thereof was white, to exceed all the whiteness that I had ever seen. Um, okay, so what fruit is white? <laughs> Have you ever had a white fruit? No. What is that? So, <clears throat> grape? Pirate, pirate God clearly doesn't understand the background of this um, scripture. What fruit? Nephi, you're a racist asshole. Fuck off. <laughs> this is from a dream. Okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. So there's like this whole dream, dreamscape scripture part of a dream. Uh-huh. Cauliflower is a vegetable, you fuckwad. That's <laughs> <laughs> not sweet either. either. It's not sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this was a dream. I don't know. One of these days we'll have to have Pirate God read the dream. It's the um, oh. the Great and Spacious Building. The Great and Spacious Building. Tree of Law. I don't remember now. I don't remember Is what it like a call. tree of good and evil knowledge or something? It's Adam and Eve. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Joe is a plagiarist, so. That's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> no, this is like a dream that Lehi had or Nephi had. I don't remember. And it's supposedly... He has this dream that there's like a great spacious building and like misty darkness and blah, blah, blah. But it's like basically good and evil, good and even evil, good and evil. And Mormons have now twisted that into them being the good ones and the evils being everyone else. But the so. fruit was white in the dream. Duh. So does that mean a race of white people? Is that what it's referring to? Of course. Seriously? No, it doesn't say that. White represents goodness and cleanliness and I purity. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a racial slur. mm or I'm going to look up on the internet right now. Is there a white fruit? Oh. Is um, there a Oh, white? I thought of one. What? But you have to peel it. It's a lychee. Those are white, aren't they? Oh, here's one. What? Oh, it's an eggplant. That's not a fucking fruit. That's not a fruit. Lies. I'm sticking with lychee. And a lychee martini is actually pretty tasty. But yeah. wait, lychees aren't white on the outside. No, you peel them. How about a white peach? They're kind they're of not really white. Yeah. And if you beige, look at pictures drawn of. from the scriptures, people's interpretation, the fruit is like glowing white. Oh, wow. Maybe it was an orange that they peeled but left the pith. Hmm. That would taste disgusting. <laughs> an orange you don't really pith like. Pith is a weird word. It is. Okay. All right. well, there you we go. We digress. Uh, is Pirate God reading on? Does Pirate God have more to read? Uh, I don't know. Let me look. Uh, this is First Nephi 18, 16. This is a website called Lay Treasures in Heaven. Are you recording that? Dot com. Okay. And it's this person's top 25 favorite Book of Mormon scriptures. Wait, can I read this part that she talks about it? 
Oh, yeah. I recently decided to go through the entire Book of Mormon, and in green, I highlighted all of the scriptures that made me feel glad. Dumbass. <laughs> it took me quite some time to do, mind you, but in doing so, I found some pretty awesome scriptures that I absolutely love. To be honest, the majority of my most favorite turned out to all be pretty common. It's kind of hard to get past some of those. Often, I found myself highlighting practically entire pages. Oh, my goodness. I've reduced it down to my top 25 all-time favorite scriptures from the Book of Mormon. I mean, how do you pick? You can't. It's all It all makes me so glad. <laughs> Except for the glad. part about all the murders and the rapes. Um, <laughs> and at the end of this post, if you're interested in seeing all of the scriptures that I've highlighted, I've listed them all here. Enjoy. Oh, we're enjoying it. Oh, yeah. All uh, right. Well, let's see what Pirate God has to say about 1 Nephi 18.16. Okay. Nevertheless, I did look unto my God. Let me do that again. <laughs> Pirate God's on the struggle bus today. Leave it in, Dan. Okay, go. <laughs> Nevertheless, I did look unto my God, and I did praise him all the day long. And I did not murmur against the Lord because of mine afflictions. Like scurvy! <laughs> I will be murmuring about that because that's a bad one. That was a bitch. Your teeth fall out, your gums are all swollen and bleeding, and shit sucks. Success, God! Is that really what scurvy does? I, I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I have no idea. I think your gums are in trouble when you have the scurvy. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. see, now I need to Google again. <laughs> Everyone, hold, please. I'm Take Googling. your vitamin C. Scurvy symptoms. That white orange you were talking about earlier, you might want to eat that and prevent some scurvy. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's your symptoms. Weakness, fatigue, gum disease. Yeah. Easy bleeding. Myalgia due to carnitine production, whatever that is, roughness of the skin, poor wound healing, um, sore arms or legs. Whew, don't want that scurvy. No, eat your damn oranges. Mm-hmm. Let it be a lesson, kids. But if you do get it, um Don't complain so, to the Lord don't, about don't your mur- affliction. Don't, don't murmur. <laughs> don't murmur. Praise God for your swollen gums. <laughs> you know, that's a chapter right out of Job, I feel like. You know, where Job had all those afflictions and he was supposed to praise God anyway. Oh, so many scriptures are like, my life is horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm getting beat down. Like women and children but let are being me give murdered. Glory to but, God. Yeah, glory to God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last one uh, for Pirate Oh my God, God, the dog just farted. Oh, again with that. Wow. It's always in your general area. Because they like me better. They sit over here and then they, 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 <laughs> they fog like the place better. up. Jeez, they're going to hotbox me in our fucking studio. All right, can Sorry. Pirate God just get on with yes, this last I just, reading? It was very uh, an aggressive spell and I had to mention it. Okay, okay go. Okay, so this is Jacob 3, verse 1. So Jacob is a book of the Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon. Dude named Jacob. Is it Jacob as in like... Abraham, no. Isaac, and Jacob, or is no. it totally different Jacob? Different, different Jacob. Uh huh. Whatever. Yep. It's all fake. It I'm is. starting to think it's really <laughs> fake. Okay, here we go. But behold, I, Jacob, would speak unto you that are pure in heart. Look unto God with firmness of mind and pray unto him with exceeding faith, and he will console you in your afflictions. Oh, like scurvy! <laughs> that fucked up gum thing again! That fucking sucks! And he will plead your cause and send down justice upon those who seek your destruction! Oh, like the children who are making fun of the bald man. <laughs> Go up the bald head. Yeah, the kids who were making fun of the bald guy, and so God went ahead and killed them off with she bears. 
Well, that's what you do. And you are actually mixing up the Bible and Book of Mormon right now. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that the promises in both books Uh, that um, Mm -hmm. God will send down justice to those who seek your destruction. Sure, because once again, Joseph Smith was a plagiarist. It's also true. So there you have it. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, that was Shiver Me Scriptures! (laughs) Uh, Once again, thank you, Pirate God, for showing up and uh, doing your thing. I love me some Pirate God. So sorry about the scurvy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fucking sucks, Shelly! <laughs> Not gonna lie about that one! <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god. I think we're wrapped up on this episode. Uh, let's wrap it up. Yep. Put a bow on it. Ship it. Ship it. Okay. Ship this shit. Ship it off to Dan from Extension Audio. Thank you, as a matter of fact. Let's thank Dan. Thanks for we? leaving it in, Dan. Okay. And remember, everybody, steer clear of cults, because they are no joke. No fucking joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye.